two, one. Who are you? He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. That's what I'm talking about, man. Wait a minute. I know you. Check out the name tag. You're in my world now, Grandma. I know that, dude. He's a modern-day Yoda. I'm your huckleberry. Allow myself to introduce myself. Greetings and salutations. We came, we saw, we kicked it down. You're excited. Feel these nipples. That boy's good. Mm-hmm. Good and terrible. Well, I have a microphone, and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! This is the Mike Rutherford Show on the Big X. Sportos, motorheads, geek bloods, wasteoids, dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. <laughs> All right, there we go. All right. Welcome, everybody. It is uh, the Mike Rutherford Show, Wednesday, August 31st, last day of August. That means the first full football month of the 2022 calendar year. I guess January counted. But the next full football month of the calendar year is coming your way starting tomorrow. It feels good. We're going to have Thursday night football, and then we've got, uh, obviously, just about 72 hours to go until kickoff between Louisville and Syracuse, which you can hear right here on our sister station, 970 WGTK. Something's going on with the audio. Am I on air? Is this good? Trevor, can you just give me a thumbs up? He's talking to somebody. Am I good to go? That's a th- I'm not on the air? You're recording a podcast. Well, I'm recording a podcast. <laughs> My God. <laughs> if you're listening to this on podcast, we love you the most. The... Terrestrial radio listeners. I don't. I'm assuming somebody didn't do something properly at the OG Studios because we're. Who can we blame for this? Well, it's not Scoots because I just talked to him. He didn't work the afternoon show today. I kind of want to blame Scoots. So I don't know who we're gonna blame on this one. Do you want to blame Scoots? You can blame Scoots. You won't mind. Um, Scoots or Roush? <laughs> why, why not TJ? Roush? I'm just going. Just just Roush. Well, Roush is a Louisville fan though. Roush is a Louisville fan, but TJ texts into the show. I appreciate that. I applaud TJ doing that. So, so Scoot, so therefore Roush is, Roush is the odd man out. Roush has texted into the show before, but yeah. when he does, it's usually for some like little, I kind of want to cuss so bad because we're just podcast. It's some little D-hole move where he's just like, you know, trying to chide us. Like when he posted, when he texted in about the softball game. That's like, that's a, a classic Roush move. Well, I, I'm going to do a classic Trevor and mute you and let you talk to the audience alone for a second while I answer some phones. Great. Um, have fun on that one. Hope you're loving this on the podcast because all I am right now, this is the most exciting thing that we have going on right now, is a slew of text messages on the Thornton Sacks line from people just talking about the stream being down. But this is for you podcast listeners. This is a a special little treat, all right? Because we love you the most. Terrestrial radio listeners, the guys who listen just via the stream live, they're they're okay. We, We love them. But you're our bread and butter. We love you. I'm trying to think of like a little tidbit I can share that is not going to get me in trouble that I can only say on the podcast. A little special treat for everybody. Um, hmm. I've got nothing. I've got nothing. Can we just stop doing this podcast? Oh, I've got to tell about, uh, I don't even have, I, I've got nothing. I've got nothing. I'm, I'm trying to think of a nice little anecdote for the, 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 the people on the podcast. All right. How about this? I think as of right now, as of right now, this is a, I guess I can say this on the air, but I'm going to say it just on the podcast, so I won't say it on the air. This is a juicy, juicy tidbit. This is a, if you're still listening to the podcast through me just ranting and, and saying nothing of any substance for the last minute and a half, this is for you. I got a question for you. As of right now, don't, I, I just, I'm just not getting to the point. Okay. As of right now, starting kicker for Saturday, not James Turner, Brock Applestead. Could change in the next 48 hours, could change, but as of right now, it's Brock Applestead. That's just for you podcast listeners. That's how much we love you. We're giving away hot, hot. Kicking inside info. Again, could change, but that's as of right now. What were you going to say, Trev? So, I didn't get a lot watched last night. Well, are, are we doing the show now? or are we? No, we're still on the air. I'm waiting for, for somebody to get to the studio and check on the uh, the connection for me. Okay, so we're just, doing, we're, just, it's we're just doing a podcast now. Sort of, yeah. But it's okay because it's perfect because no one, only podcasters would give two bleeps about... Uh, You're probably right. Just talk about whatever nonsense story what you want to tell. What I'm talking about. Yeah. Okay, so 
I didn't. I didn't get a lot watched last night. Cause I'm just. I'm still just. I took some cough medicine. Went to bed a little early. A little rough today. Still, I got a bats game tonight. So. You're looking rough. I'm feeling rough, and I'm kind of blaming yeah. you. And I got. And I got. As soon as we got here at five, I got to do a bats game at six. So it's a long night, but that's okay. I can suck it up. You know, I'm a trooper. No time to bleed. And so I was watching <laughs> last night. So I, I I didn't get a lot in, but I did finish the last two episodes of season two of Friday Night Lights. Okay. And then I'm like, okay abruptly ending yeah you know what what smash gonna do you know how streets knocking up women that he picked up by the way i mean the guy i don't know how can i feel bad for the dude i mean so much i mean he's had horrible first dates and he's still picking up one night stands on the waitress that he's at the one night the horrible date with yeah i mean he can't feel too i know he can't walk but i can't feel too bad for the guy right okay he's still he's still got a better life than me and i don't want and he probably can walk more than i do so you know, you find out he's got the baby. So, I, I I watched only the season three episode one. Okay, and I get where you've told me like season two is is not very good. It's it, it, I wouldn't say not good. It's the worst of the five. Okay, there's a big difference, and maybe I could be wrong after only watching one episode of season three. There's a big difference in not being very good and seeming like it was utterly pointless, and I didn't even need to watch it. There are some parts that yeah, I I, I, I like they completely. I, t- I was I told you yesterday on the show. I was texting with a buddy a couple nights ago, and he was t- texting about like how like you know you were so mad at certain things. I was like, I can't wait until he has he finishes season two, and he has to. And it, like, he's going to be so mad about I, I, I didn't have to watch it. I, I feel like there was no. There's I, very few parts that I, I mean, think stand I, I'm out. I'm going to let you spoil this for me, okay? Okay. So Is the woman with the baby going to reappear again? Yes. Okay. Yeah, she actually plays a fairly large. Okay, because at this point, like that. But what's like, his name? Ro- Rodrigo Rodriguez. He's disappeared. He's just gone. I mean, <laughs> you never hear from him again. You never hear from him again. What am I watching? Saved by the Bell. He's yeah, I mean, exactly. It's like it's a classic like late '90s, early 2000s deal where like you have a main character. Like as much as I love the West Wing from Aaron Sorkin back in the day, he would do this all the time. Where it was just you have a very main integral character, and then boom, next season they're just gone. Like the very first season, they had this character Mandy, who's like she's in the main credits. Um, it's Maura Kelly. She was in The Cutting Edge. If anybody remembers that, um, was she the opposite of DB Sweeney? I don't know. Well, I mean, she's the, the well. Then yeah, she's the skater. The skater, okay, yeah. yeah. So DB Sweeney, yeah. that's her. She, um, she's like a she's a main character. She's like in the credits, she has, and it's uh, halfway through the, this first season, you realize that she kind of sucks. She doesn't have much rapport with anybody, and they start using her less and less. And then the second season, she's just gone. And they would do this with characters throughout the show, where you know, if a character, if an actor got a new deal, or if they just didn't like them, they got fired. The fans of the show would say they went to Mandyville. Like, she just disappeared. He's in Mandyville. He's just living. And, like, a lot of – you forget, like, shows – it was so lazy back in the day. They just, like, wouldn't explain stuff like that. Like, well, what, the man it? is living with Buddy Garrity. I mean, and that's, okay, that leads me to my next question. I'm, 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 this is going to be tough. I need, I need confidence that I can get through this, continue watching this show. Oh, you can. Because season two – this season two thing really kind of ticked me off. And season three doesn't help because, first of all – how the hell were all these kids only sophomores at the beginning of the show? I've see you, you. I've talked about this on air before, and you haven't understood what I'm talking about. Like it's there is no way you Lila realize was a sophomore when this show started. You realize how much of a loser Street was. He's hanging out with all sophomores. He's a senior in high school. Yes. He's like the best quarterback in the world. All of his friends are sophomores, and yes. you don't know this. And how? And they're all driving. Yet suddenly, Julie can't get her license to her junior year. Yeah, she's a year younger. I mean, I, yeah, the, the the age thing. I feel like. Well, you know what happened. Like they, I feel like they, they screwed up on Lila. Like they didn't want to get her off the show, so they just bumped her well, down. And Riggins, same thing. Like, yeah, because those guys were juniors when the show started. They, they start off them. implying, like, like the implication is that they're all seniors. Like this is the big year at high school. Well, like I mean, Tim Riggins is like, let's touch, touch God this year, boys, and all this stuff, implying that he's been playing high school football for yes. a, a long, lengthy period of time. Not that he was a freshman that somehow got varsity run the well, year before. Been, and Matt, Matt points out he's a sophomore first year. Exactly. So you know he's a sophomore. And there's a disparity between Matt see? and the other guys. Like he's this young, yeah. kind of scrawny, unused guy. Riggins is this cool like knows everybody has had a ton of sex like very well um you know has been experienced on the football team catching up a little bit he is but like you know riggins that's his mentality from day one and saracen's this like young like loser and then you realize as the show goes on like oh they're supposed to be the same age the whole time which you can tell right away was not the writer's intention like they wanted all those guys to be seniors and then they realized well i mean i could see riggins could have been a junior maybe the street is senior and Smash is a junior and Riggs a junior, Lila a junior. Right, that could the happen. Street's banging a junior, but okay. you can tell that they just wanted to keep those people in the show oh, as, yeah. as long as possible. Clearly. So they just rewrite. It was like, and again, this is another thing that they used to do all the time back in shows in the in the the nineties and two thousands, like the OC, which was really popular. You know, they start off there this 
never really described age. They, they don't really settle how old these kids are when they start the show, but they're all driving. They're all doing very adult things. The implication is that they're sort of seniors. And then because they want to keep them in high school as long as possible and the show gets really popular, like they just, the next year they're con- they're back in high school, but you don't know if they're seniors or whatever. And then it's like, let's see how long we can stretch this. The next year they're like, I mean, it's our senior year. And I remember they found, like the actors didn't know. They found out that they were like, you know, they got the calls from their agents. They're like, you're going to be still in high school for the next season of the OC. And I remember the guy who was Seth Cohen, Adrian Brody or whatever, was like, how long am I going to be in freaking high school? I'm like 26 years old. He's like, I can't, I can't keep doing this. How many times this. can you fail? But, you know, that's how writers used to do back in the day. They would never, you know, now nowadays I think the fans make writers be more smart. They make well, them good. be more thorough, which I, I totally agree. And the other thing that kind of caught me, and this is one of the last things I'll, I'll, I'll bitch about my, my Friday Night Lights watch. You can say that because it's a podcast. Yeah, I can't. Well, I guess I can say that on the air too, maybe a little bit, but I don't know. Depends. I listen. I, I know. I know. I'm maybe in the minority of not being the hugest uh, Mrs. Uh, Taylor fan. Like I don't hate her, but sometimes she gets on my nerves. How do you hate Tammy? No, I don't hate Tammy. It's just sometimes she annoys me. It annoys me the fact that Mary Rutherford's gonna beat you up. Okay. For, okay. Then, then then maybe she explained the mist. How the hell is she the principal now? Like, she's just suddenly the principal. She was killing it as the uh, guidance counselor. I mean, don't you have to have some kind of, like, educational degree in college at some point to, like, be a principal? Oh, no. Have you not been following the news? They'll take anybody right now. I mean— You could be you could be a principal of a JCPS middle school right now if you wanted to be. I mean, don't you have to have some kind of—and, I, I mean, I'm not saying she didn't go to college, but they emphasize that she spent 16 years raising Julie, so— she, she, I don't, I don't, I'm it's safe to say she probably didn't finish college. Of all the things that bother me about the show, that one is like, I'm with you. It's certainly well, no, that's outside why, well, the that's reasonable belief, but it's not that big of a deal to me. But it's kind of annoying. It's like the show starts like Tyra's hair is different. Don't like it. Same. You know, uh, you know, Ju- uh, Julie's, I guess, I mean, like Gracie, kind of an ugly baby. Don't you think? I mean, she makes me laugh, Gracie <laughs> Bell. She does funny stuff, but yeah, not an attractive baby. Okay, not not yeah. a good looking baby. I didn't know if I was saying, I didn't know if I was alone in that one in season two. I'm like, no, she's not a good baby. Because every time they showed her, I'm like, she's kind of like Gollum. But she makes a funny face. I always laughed every time. <laughs> every time they showed her, I always think of Kramer and like the Seinfeld episode where they uh, go, yeah, uh, yeah. No, I'm with like, you. I just see this. That's being Gracie Bell, the character. Um, I guess we can take a pause on our podcast while I figure out any more information. Man, the vibes are off. We we thought we had good vibes going today. Now we're both not feeling well, and the show's not working. Scott, you're gonna, you may, I don't know what's going to happen Thursday or Friday. But right now, this, this is a vibe. I, I feel like we're going to have a bad second quarter now. That's the, the vibe that I'm getting from today's show. All right, you f- try to fix this. We'll try to make it happen. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop the recording. Love you, podcast listeners. You're the best. We'll be back on the air. Don't tell shortly. everybody else. Thank you. This is the Mike Rutherford Show on the Big X. Sportos and motorheads, geek bloods, wastoids, dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. All right. Are we on the air? In the weirdest day. <clears throat> I don't even know what to say. Um, Sorry I woke up from your nap. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like crap now. I feel worse somehow than I did when we started the show. Well, um, not being on the air for the first hour can do that to you. This is a this is now going to be a 52-minute show, I guess less than 52 minutes, because we're already set to go just 3 to 5 today, and now we are going to go 4.08 to like 4.57, which is fine. <laughs> do we have any idea what happened? What, what was going on? I, no. I, I got a hold of Calvin, our engineer. He... I, I, he he checked meters. He's like, I'm showing I'm showing everything working. I'm like, he just connected. It worked. I I mean, I did that like six times. I'm just gonna say it. Vibes are off. The vibes could not be more off. We had good vibes yesterday. Bad vibes now. I'm feeling like this is a bad second quarter for Louisville. If, if we're looking ahead towards Saturday night, I'm worried. Well, I'm more I'm comfortable with a bad second quarter than a bad third or fourth. I guess that's true. We need to we need we, to step we, it up tomorrow. Yeah, because we've had and Friday. You and I both aren't feeling well. Because we've been snake bit by the fourth quarter more than anything, right? I'm very concerned about you at the golf scramble on Friday. That could get – it could be gloriously bad or, like, awful bad. So, I don't – I mean, it could be, like, fourth quarter of Virginia game last year 
or like fourth quarter UCF game. I don't know how that's going to go. Last four tenths of a second Virginia game basketball. Well, yeah, that's also on the table. <laughs> I I am yeah I because I like how also I went from like being like I'm gonna get to like eight o'clock and maybe maybe eight thirty I'll do the last now you're doing the board hang out with the show for a little bit and excuse last night is like can you run the board maybe man I'm like so I go from getting to like eight thirty get there at six forty five in the morning so to, to recap here we went on the air normally at three o four at least so we thought yeah. Turns out we made a 13-minute podcast where, look, <laughs> just for the diehards right there. Um, then I, you I couldn't figure— bitched about Friday Night Live. You did. You used a word that I thought we were just going to use in the podcast. Oh, but you yeah, just used crap. it now. That was, that, that was for the podcast specific. Sorry. Spoiler. And then we tried—you thought you figured out what went wrong. You didn't. You, we, we, we called—Patrick Pat, was kind enough to go over to the OG studio and try to get in, then realized he couldn't get in because nobody was there. Uh, that was bad. And then we we you blamed the guy who's here working on other stuff to get ready for the football season. Well, I didn't, I didn't, you blamed him. You brought him in here. Like, what'd you do? I blames a harsh word. I, I, you you berated that man out there. Yelled at him. You made him cry. You made him feel terrible about himself. No, that didn't happen. Um, but we thought maybe that was the culprit. We couldn't figure out what was going on. And then we call Calvin, the the god of radio. And he's like, I just kind of, you know, I reset it. We're good. You know, says people, I believe the first part you said about the berating. <laughs> like, yeah, I've seen Trevor mad when stuff's not working. The sad thing is, TJ's like, he's like, he probably did. The sad thing is, like, you people listening to you probably would think that you would be, but like, you're like the least. That's like the least part of your personality of anybody I've known in radio. Like, you would not just like yell at somebody. Whereas I have worked with people who, no, I won't yell at somebody. I'll no. yell, I'll yell out up at the at the, at the clouds. Yeah, you, you'll be mad, but like, you're not gonna like cuss out somebody who's like hey, what'd no. you do like that would never be you you're very respectful but i've worked with people who on air or like behind the scenes seem like they would be those types of people like you know hey like you know it's no don't worry about it who are very like cruel to people around them when they're you know and it's just you know radio's a game it's sometimes people like i feel like we're, that's why i always say we're the most honest radio show in local we just kind of are who we are off the air too it's yeah just, it's what we do pretty much now, and i do get when i do get mad something's not working and i know it should work i will i, I will lay I, I'm kind of like Ralphie's dad in the basement. You yell, but not at anybody specific. No, no, you're no. You're just kind of no. mad at the world. No, I'm yeah, I'm pretty much mad. Usually, if I'm cursing anything out, it's usually like the computer. I did. T- I have yelled some obscenities at a computer before. That's fine. You know, take it out on technology. We're you know we're yeah. we're burgeoning enemies anyway. Bring it, Skynet. Yeah, and, you know they're trying to take over. We're not going to let them at least for like what six more years. I think we can hold off on the the incoming I robots. Think we've passed like all the predicted dates of Skynet for for Terminator, haven't we? I think you're right. 1984 was way gone. <laughs> George Orwell doesn't know crap. Yeah. Thornton's text line, by the way, is 502-414-1450. I'll have to shuffle through the millions of people letting us know consistently for the last hour that we were off air. I appreciate you. I responded to the first, like, 15 with this is Trevor's fault, just letting them know. Um, I thought you were just going to keep responding, we are? I just, <laughs> <laughs> just It's just you. It's just, That's what I should have done. I, well, I don't know what you're talking about. We have people texting in the show all the time right now. Text says this is karma for Trevor not picking up dog bleep in his backyard. Oh, now come on. Text says Jenna's gone one week and Trevor just falls apart. This that's, was supposed to be Jenna's. Yeah, she's, it's a Wednesday. I Where are you, Jenna? I don't know if that's the Patrick said Patrick. Because that's the Patrick. Like Jenna on the board? up there. He goes, with Jenna on the board? I like, this, she's not here today. I don't think I can call her. She probably blocked my number by now. She's gone. How's the uh, the, the fit thing going over there on the wrist it's going except my heart is going haywire which is not oh, overly not good yeah not, not, not exactly comforting that's okay i'm to blame slightly for that yeah i mean it's, it shouldn't be where it is right now just sitting down here and talking but that's okay we'll, we'll figure it out we, we don't know what's going on i think you gave me something i'm blaming this on you well how do i know you didn't give me long covid i don't think that's the way it works you've you're the one that's been sick i just suddenly got like a now, I'll, but in, I don't have anything like I don't. I don't have an active virus. In fairness, I get like who the hell knows at this point. I, I'm not ruling anything out. I get sick every winter though, like or every, every, every once a year I get sick. Well, it's August, Trevor. I know, but I'm just saying like we're <laughs> heading into the fall. The, the 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 weather's changing. You, but I feel like you had when the weather does change. I usually get sick, but like that's we haven't had like a huge temperature change yet. No, no, we have not. That's usually when I get. I get got, but I, and I may have gotten it from something else. I mean, but I, I usually around. once a, once a year I always get. I mean, it varies on the levels of how sick I am, and like, luckily I've not been that bad this week. Like, I've been taking some cough. I took some like you know cold medicine last night, mm-hmm. and drank juice, and you know tried not to smoke too much, and went to bed semi early. But I just could not get. I mean, I was waking up cold sweats and good. coughing. Had to like me nine nervous times. over there. Uh, and that's also not making me making me feel good. I'm a little bit worried about what you got. Those, let's see, 
not great symptoms right there. The great, put that one in the WebMD. That was me. That was that was that's a big one for me. The frequent urination is a big one. And I think the I think it's something to do with my mattress too, because I'm having this like bad back pain, like in the middle of my back. Back pain in the middle of the back. I also have that right now, and it, I just woke up with it today. Not good. I mean, are we gonna check mark anything else here? Uh, not good. Not, it's not the hair, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it is shorter than it was. I didn't sleep okay last night. Yeah. So, so I got that going. You don't. But I'll, I always pee a bunch. Uh, Texas, this idiot Trevor definitely got fast food grease on the motherboard, and now nothing will work. <laughs> Just in time for us taking over as the, the official airways of UofL Athletics. <laughs> Texas says, Jesus, take the wheel. Texas says, show canceled for today. No, not canceled. Uh, TJ texted in and said, wish I only had to work an hour a day. Oh, God, what? <laughs> this is after, on the the Just For Die Hard podcast, I gave TJ credit. Yeah. I didn't blame him. I blamed. I said I was going to blame either Dingus or Roush because TJ texts into the show and listens. And you, but we ended up throwing Roush under the bus. We did throw Roush under the bus. On our 13-minute podcast. He's never going to listen to the podcast. So no, he's, he's not. So he'll never know, which is why we threw him under the bus. And also, you know, you'll never find out a secret special detail for Saturday if you don't listen to the podcast. <laughs> and hear Trevor complain about Friday Night Lights for the other 10 minutes. I mean, why didn't you just tell me not to watch season two? I told you you were going to hate it. I told you you were going to hate it. I mean, there's a big difference between hating something and having it completely irrelevant. Well, I told you that's why. I didn't tell you that, but I knew (laughs) that's why you were going to be upset. I know. I'm very upset about it. Understandable. Um, Texture says, we're just going through the text line. I'm just catching up now. Texture says, um, did Trevor spill mellow yellow on the board, and that's why your show wasn't on air? You're more of a do guy. No, I'm a mellow yellow guy. Oh, you do have a Mel Yellow over there. Yeah, I'm a Mel. No, I'm a weird Mel Yellow guy. Mel, dude, the dude's too sweet for me. I haven't had a soft drink in years, but when I was a soft drink guy, I was all all do. I mean, I was I originally. And it's so weird because I I went like I grew up on the do. I mean, you clearly. did the do. I mean, I was all about the do growing up, and then like like now like have you have you seen like those throwback dudes from like the nineties? They have no. Where it's but like, I remember the can. Yeah, and it's just like there's like because I I guess I don't know maybe just. They did it so gradually, I never realized that it changed over the years that it did. And then when you go and get like one of those 90s Mountain Dews, like the throwback version, how did I ever get hooked on this? Like it is the just... Really? It is so sugary. I haven't strong. had one in a long time, but it was Mountain Dew was my thing. Like in college, Mountain Dew was like gold. I'd come back from home with like a 24-pack or you go out to the gro- grocery store and get well, you, like you a 24-pack. You might have more grew up on the, oh, on the lighter Dew then. Because the Dew I'm talking about is from like the late 80s, early 90s. Okay, yeah, I would... It's very... Because I guess, what did they switch? They went from pure sugar to... It was like... Sugarcane or whatever. Yeah, whatever. And that's it, it, what... Saccharin. Boy, I'm going to tell you, those <laughs> early 90s Dews. A lot of sugar. Woo! It's, it's amazing to me. Somebody has made this... Like, this has kind of become like a running joke. When you and I were growing up, there was never really this. You know, people didn't start drinking water actively until like 2006. It, like saying hydrated like was bottle not bottle water. You mean yeah, especially? like like it was always like you know you need this ama- much amount of water a day. Like you've got to have this amount of water. Like that we never heard that growing up. We we heard that you got water when you were like in the throes of competition, like in the middle of a practice or the middle of a game. You'd bring like your water bottle out. But like when I was, it, it wasn't every athletic event that I competed in in high school or grade school, or whatever. Like that day, I had like a Mountain Dew with my lunch mm-hmm. at lunch. And then afterwards, like my pregame snack was like a, I remember like a Snickers Crunch Bar and another Mountain Dew. That was how I got ready to compete in like a seven inning baseball. Like, hell, you're not as fat as I am. I, I mean, I, I know it was just it was like nobody ever told you differently. Like I would have a Gatorade during the game or water during the game. Yeah, like, you have a Gatorade sometimes in the in the in the uh, in the actual glass bottle. Yeah, I drank soda for like every meal. Like it was soda. It was just I had probably like two or three sodas every single day of my adolescence, probably through like college. Yeah, we we were told to drink milk and not water as kids. We were, and I was I was not one of those families. Mil- I had friends that would do like the milk for every meal thing, and I always felt bad for them. And it always got awkward when you're at their house because their parents would be like. You know, we all, we drink milk in this house, and I'm like, well, I'm not drinking milk with this Papa John's. That's disgusting. I'm gonna throw up. It is disgusting, house. actually. Yeah. Were, I, you didn't have friends that did that, and I didn't. No, 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 I guess not that I actually had. I mean, I've seen it, you know, replicated on TV. Oh, I, I, I had multiple friends, but I've never actually had like anyone. I went to their house, and they're were like, we're drinking milk. I'm like, I wouldn't want to go to certain people's houses because I, like, I was worried how my stomach would handle milk and spaghetti. No, before bedtime. <laughs> I'm worried about my stomach listening to you talk about milk and spaghetti right now at 4.30 on, 4, 20, ooh, 4 I'm saying. On a Wednesday. It's 4.19. <laughs> Give me a minute. Uh, <laughs> I've got, got to get prepped. I only get 60 seconds to enjoy the holiday. Um, I just, I did like milk, though. I, I, you're, not, you're not a big milk guy to begin with, though. I used to be. Now oh, I, you are. And yeah. you, you were, were you skim or 2%? I'm a skim guy. 
Okay. Ugh, I know. We've had, we've had this discussion yeah. many times. Yeah. I'm, I'm a skimp guy. Uh, you, you, you like those light blue caps. I used to be 2%, and then I got older, and I was just I'm going like, yeah, dark blue cap. More skim. Trying to lose some weight. Uh, here's one thing that I was going to talk about because at the beginning of the show, which was supposed to be like an hour and a half ago. And again, we're only on until 5 today, so we've got like 35 minutes here. Yeah, show. I get to leave here and go right back into the Bats game, which is going to be... I feel bad for you. <laughs> Bats, by the way, walk-off win last night. Did they really? Yeah, walk-off. I wish I'd watched that. I didn't know. Walk-off like a single off the wall. So, do I go Bats or, or Indians tonight? On, you on always the... go Bats. Just go Bats. That's the kind of judgment. That's that's just well, bad gambling then, advice. Then look into it for yourself. Why are you asking me? Because I want somebody to blame if I get it wrong. Exactly. So I'm telling you, bats. You can do whatever you want, though. That's that's my follow up. Touche. One thing that we haven't talked about at all this week that I thought a month and a half ago when it happened was going to be like a defining storyline of game week. I don't know if you even remember this. Do you remember the Syracuse linebacker taking shots at Molly Cunningham at ACC Media Day? Was that the Syracuse linebacker that said, uh, oh, don't, don't tell me what he said. Hold on. Mikael Jones, or Michael Jones. Well, we still don't know how to I'm pronounce his name. I'm never going to remember his name yeah. specifically. But his in, in a nutshell, he said that, that Mikhail, uh, Cunningham wasn't an impact guy? It's not, not, no, not what no. he said at all. He was asked about you know the defense trying to be improved for Syracuse this season and whether or not they embraced the challenge of facing an offense like Louisville and a dynamic quarterback like Malik Cunningham right off the bat in week one. And his response was, quote, we see it as a good opportunity. We don't think it's going to be a tough challenge. We're excited to play those guys the first week. Hmm. And again, if you're saying this as the member of a defense that the last couple of seasons has kind of had Malik Cunningham's number, it's one thing for like Clemson to say this. Or Kentucky, a guy like that to say that. When you're the like, – no, no, no team should have a player – Less likely to make a comment like this than I Syracuse. I think the quarter. I was gonna say. I think I'm gonna say the. You say the linebacker. Say I don't know the quarterback saying their def, our defense isn't a challenge would be. Well, yeah, Sean Tucker being like I'm gonna run all over those guys. Uh, I mean, 41 to three last year final score, 30 to nothing two years ago, and Mikel Jones was on the team back in 2019. They gave up 56 points to Louisville in a 56 to 34 loss. So this man has not just lost to Louisville three times. He has been blown away by Louisville three times, and all three of those times Louisville has put up at least 30 points in a game. I don't have the combined number in front of me. I'm not going to do the math in my head, but I remember doing it when the quote was made. But I was surprised that we haven't heard that like followed up on a little bit. Like Nobody's brought it up in the media. Nobody's brought it up in any of these press conferences. It's just kind of been a forgotten thing. I guess people are just so excited for football to be back that they you know, they don't care about the specific storylines. The big storyline is just football back. Both teams need to win for a variety of reasons. Well, I'm sure Syracuse doesn't want to be brought up. Well, sure. I mean, and Louisville's probably just like, oh, yeah, I forgot. Something happened at ACC Media Day. That's how I was. I, it just like came to me earlier today. I was like, oh, yeah. Remember that guy? I mean, we I'd forgotten about it, too. And it happened, I mean, when that's short-term, long time, long ago. But it was the most interesting thing to come out of the ACC Media Days, too, which is saying a lot about how boring ACC Media Days is. There were some good quotes this year. Like, Remember there was like the, you had the the pick, Pat Narduzzi's calling out everybody, like calling out players, calling out other coaches, calling out uh, his old OC, like all that stuff. It was a more exciting ACC media day than usual, which means on a scale from 1 to 10, it was like a 4. That's as good as you're going to get. That's <laughs> an aftershock. <laughs> now, it's Wednesday. This is the Wednesday check-in. Yesterday on the panic level, you were at like a 6, 6.5. You're, you're feeling a little bit panicked. You typically, as the week goes on, you get more confident. No, I don't think I was 6.5. I think I was 5.5. Well, was it 5.5, six. Five yeah. 6? Okay. So I was just above even, yeah. Any shift today. How are you feeling about this game Saturday? Uh, I'm feeling more confident about the game now than I am our, our hookup here at the station a little bit, I'll be honest It's with a you. concern. Let's, let's, I mean, let's not beat around the bush. Switch, switch, yeah. Today was a setback. <laughs> I'm glad we got it figured out, even though it, we still don't really know what happened. It has it has made me kind of lose, you know, move away from the distraction of the football game. But um, no, I'm still I'm still at a, I'm I'm still at about a five and a half. Okay. I'm as the week goes on, I'm doing a U from last year at least. I'm starting to feel better. I'm starting to feel even better about this game. I mean, what what happened that make you feel more confident other than just you're pumping yourself up as we get one day closer? Because I keep I listen to some Syracuse podcast. I listen to uh, a couple of interviews. By the way, we were supposed to have a, a Syracuse guest today, and he was like, "I could do any time between five and six. I'm like, "Well, <laughs> that's poor timing for us today. We'll try to figure it out. We're gonna try to get somebody on tomorrow. But their go-to because I mentioned. Nunes. No, 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 not not uh, not Troy Noons. <laughs> Troy Noons. Yeah. Uh, actually, I think this person used to work for Troy. Brent Axe, who does radio up there. Okay. Um, but the the big go to for all these Syracuse fans who think that you know this year is going to be different. I don't care about the scores of the last two years. Is you know, and again they've got the same quarterback, Garrett Trader. They got the same running back, Sean Tucker. They have the same 
pretty much offensive line that's been woeful since Dino Babers got there. They don't have a whole lot of weapons on the outside. So. I mean, for, for, it's, I mean, I wouldn't say woeful. I mean, Tucker's average is like six yards a carry. I mean, but I, I mean, weapons on the outside. Oh, well, okay, yeah. Receivers, yeah. slot guys, like they they don't have any they don't have any Tajes this year that can light us up. But it's not a real Syracuse team unless you have a Taj that can get loose for an eighty yard touchdown. But the go-to comment for all these Syracuse fans when, they, when they're confronted with this, you know, why should the offense be markedly better this year? They keep pointing to the new offensive coaching staff. They brought in Robert and I from Virginia, which is a little concerning because Virginia's had some success against us. Namely, last year, Brennan Armstrong threw for you know, 5 million fourth quarter yards, and he brought a bunch of his staff with him over to Syracuse this year. The problem, and he also, Robert and I, is a, he worked at BYU back in the day with Taysom Hill, and they did some some good things there, and people tre- keep trying to compare Garrett Schrader to, to Taysom Hill, which I've got an issue with. And I say this knowing full well that it, I run the risk of him like lighting us up on Saturday, but a year ago, we did a really good job, and this is going to be one of the big keys for the defense on Saturday, of keeping Garrett Schrader in the pocket. He's a dual-threat guy. He's, in my eyes, a much better runner than he's a passer. We turned him into a straight-pocket passer last year, partly because the defense did such a good job and partly because the offense was giving us an early lead, and he couldn't do anything against us. He looked he looked bad. He, he looked like a guy who can't make the throws. I get that they may have a better offensive system this year. I get that they may be doing things that play to Schrader's strengths more than they were last year, but if he can't make the throws, he can't make the throws, which says to me, outside linebackers, edge rushers, whoever's playing nose tackle, make sure you don't let Garrett Trader turn what is supposed to be a pass play into like a 15-yard scamper because that's what he wants to do. Like He wants you to force him out of the pocket so he can make a play with his feet. He doesn't want you to, to let him sit back there and try to pick your, your secondary apart. So that's a big key for me. If we can if we can keep Taylor to about Tucker to about what he did last year, you know, 95 yards, 19 carries, it's a good day for him, but it's not a he's beating you by himself with 220 yards on 24 carries and three scores. If we can keep him around that number, around 100 yards, and then we make Schrader a pocket passer, I feel good about it. I think the offense should be able to score. I think our defense should be able to not let that two-headed monster in the backfield, if you want to call them that, go nuts to the tune of like 300 yards combined and, and a bunch of scores, because that's the only way that they can keep up with our offense, I think. And I'm just... I, as a fan who has seen the the miracle coordinator fix pitched time after time after time again in the summer, whether it's basketball or football, and then seen it not come to fruition, Ross McMahon's made the most recent example, I'm not buying the, this. they're going to be just a totally different team because they got Virginia's offensive coordinator and a lot of that staff. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm sorry. It, they'll have to prove it to me on Saturday. I'm not buying it. The last shot, by the way, just killed our entire fan base in New Zealand. Well, um, I like Ross. Listen, I, I, I get what's saying. Here's, here's the thing with Syracuse and, and everything you're telling me that, that's getting them more excited for at least their, their thoughts and chances of winning this game. Like, Garrett Trader's like, he, he's like, look at it as like a car, okay? Okay. They, they put they, they, they put some new tires on it. Nice. They got rims. They, they bling bling. They put, they put like a spoiler on it. New paint job. Fat system in it. It bumps. But guess what? There's no freaking engine. Mm. And that's what Garrett Schroeder, that's what they've done with this. They give you this great look car. Look at looks awesome. It's like Vinny when he's describing the case and my cousin Vinny. Look, it's a house of cards. They're showing you all the angles you got to see. What they're not showing you is the bricks are thin as this playing card. Okay. And that's what, like that. and that's what that's what they're doing. I, I get it. And you're right. You, we everyone's been in that position before. New offensive coordinator. Look what he did with this guy. Look what he did with that guy. You know, the, by the way, those guys are in the end. Some of those are in the NFL already. You know, I think, you know, whether he's the, the coordinator's fully to, to help with that is up in the air. But you, you can do all this putting lipstick on a pig all you want. When it all comes down to it at midnight, he's still a pig. And the best thing that, unless we're getting bacon out of Schrader, there's no good to come out of him being a quarterback. Now, I say this and watch him come <laughs> shred us. I know. It's, I'm, I'm doing the same thing. I mean, watch him do it. And then if that's the case, do my feelings change about him? Probably not. I just feel more and more bleeping mad at, at Coach Brown in this system. I That would be the Louisville response, certainly. If Syracuse comes out and they put like 38 on us and they beat us 38-35 or something, I don't think the, the, the national response and the local response, as much of a national response as there's going to be for whatever happens in Louisville versus Syracuse in week one, 
is going to be like and that's, that's what you mean ACC network exactly yeah the, yeah. the, the, the ACC diehards are going to the say Mohawk by the way on that channel. Yeah. They're, they're going they're not going to be talking about Robert and I and this better offense it might be a secondary conversation but it's yeah. going to be more about Brian Brown just can't get it done like we've been waiting for three years for him to take take this defense to another level and it simply hasn't happened he like should this guy even be here for year four I think that will be the conversation quick trivia question so oh, this I is love trivia this is Dino Baber's seventh season at Syracuse. Good Lord. How many bowl games do you think he's been to? Three. One. Really? Is that a little shocking? Because they started out semi-hot, right? They went four and eight his first two seasons, but they would... They, he, he, saved, had, he had one year where they won nine games, right? Or eight games? Ten games. Ten games. 2018, okay. the only year that they beat us when we were terrible, is, okay. the, is the only season that he's had. Like, they... He's kind of I think it's a it's an illusion because in all of his seasons basically they have like one big win. Like you know, they'll beat Clemson or they'll push Clemson to the brink yeah. or they'll beat a ranked pit team. Like he did that the first couple of years and people were like, This guy, he's got something for it, and then he just like kept losing. And then he wins ten games in year three. They gave him the gigantic contract. They uh, won the camping world bowl that year to get to ten and three. They were six and two in the ACC. And then since then <laughs> what ten games the best they get to is the camping life bowl. Well, nine and three in the regular season, and then they got oh, okay. Well, camping World Bowl used to be, I think, the Citrus Bowl. Still nine wins. You think you get a nicer bowl than the Camping Life yeah. Bowl? They played West Virginia and they beat them. That's not a not a terrible game. Um, but since then they went. They disappointed the year after that. They went five and seven. Then the COVID season, they were the worst team in the ACC. They went one and ten. Last year they had some little bit of hype for being better. They went five and seven again. He is gone. I mean, he's only won more than two conference games one time, and it was that like that one season, twenty eighteen, has saved his entire coaching career. They went six and two in the ACC, ten and three overall. And besides that, he's never won more than two games in in league play and never won more than five games in a regular season. You have to assume if it's another year like that where they go, as many people think they will, like five and seven, two and six in, in conference play again, or even worse, God forbid, like he's gone. Like the, he's coaching for his life, which is why Syracuse people gone already. He, I mean, he's he may be a little bit lucky. If he hadn't gotten that big deal after week three after year three. He's probably gone. He capitalized on his, his monster season. He promised more to come, and he's not been able to deliver since then. But it's why Syracuse people, as much as we've done the whole, like, Scott, which, by the way, Scott, <laughs> well, we're on the subject. We need you to win. Like, it, it is a big deal if you're going to keep this positive momentum around the program. You cannot lose this game. Syracuse fans are kind of saying the same thing, where they're like, you need to overachieve this year if you're going to save your job. And looking at our schedule, looking at the rest of the conference, I mean, Louisville, they might be better, but that's one that we feel like we can get. We're only a four-point underdog. We're opening up at home. Like, this is the most important home opener of the D- of the Dome era is what uh, Brent Axe wrote earlier this week, and I kind of get it. Like, they, if they thought they had momentum. They thought they finally had their guy, and the bottom has sort of fallen out the last three years. You don't have COVID as an excuse anymore. You hired some new coordinators. You don't have the coordinators as an excuse anymore. You've got a, an All-American running back back there that you need to capitalize on. If you can't at least get to a bowl game this year, People are kind of saying the same things that, that we were saying about Scott Satterfield in the middle of last season. I wonder if you tune into up like upstate New York radio sports talk. They're not talking about Syracuse. And, it's exactly, and they're just saying the exact same things we are, except we just switch the team names. They're just complaining about Dylan Lawson and the Yankees. <laughs> all they're talking about. <laughs> and maybe some Rangers hockey. No, they're getting ready for the Bills. You're probably right. The Bills, the Bills are looking at, uh, projected to maybe have their best run since... Uh, well, I guess since maybe uh, they had like Doug Marone coaching there, which Doug Marone was coaching there, who once coached at Syracuse as well. well. Yeah, they're the preseason Super Bowl favorites. Yeah, they should be, which is wild. Yeah, they they've been a lot. I think they're they still have a little some holes in in the running game, but nonetheless, uh, we got odds. This is from Bet Online. Odds to win the ACC this year in football. Where do you think? Um, let me count it up real quick. One, two. I mean, how Babers kept his job after 1-10 is a miracle. Where do you think Louisville ranks in terms of if you're ranking the best odds to win the ACC? Where do you think we sit? And again, this isn't like power rankings. These are teams in the Atlantic Division have to deal with Clemson. They're typically going to get a little bit worse odds than teams in the Coastal. That's just the way it works. Uh, so, so odds for us to uh, odds for us to win the ACC. Just, where do you think we sit if we're ranking those? Not winning just our, our side, but winning the whole Entire thing. ACC. Oh, crap. Um, 45 to 1. Well, again, I said ranking, but that's fine. Uh, we're, we're the seventh choice to win it all. If you're ranking these teams in terms of their overall odds, our odds are 28 to 1 to win the ACC. That's too low. Clemson's the favorite, 2 to 3. Of course, yeah. Miami's the second choice, 5 to 1. NC State, 13 to 2, is the third choice. Pitt is 10 to 1. Florida State is 20 to 1. 
North Carolina is 22 to 1, then Louisville at 28 to 1. Interestingly, we have better odds than Wake Forest, who's a preseason top 25 team. I have to assume that that's because Sam Hartman's out. We have better odds than BC. We have better odds than Virginia. Syracuse, in case you're wondering, our week one opponent has the second worst odds to win the ACC at 250 to 1. Only Duke at 500 to 1 has worse odds. People aren't big on There's that. There's a big drop off of us at 28 and then going all the way down to 250. Well, that's, those are the bottom two. Yeah, and we're right behind only, us we're is only a four point favorite over that team. I, I, again, it's why the spread doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense to me. Like, where, this is, where, where does the drop off go to? Does it go like 50 to 33? It's 28 to 33 to Wake Forest. Oh, the biggest drop is from. It goes from 66 to 1 at Virginia Tech to 200 to 1 at Georgia yeah, Tech. Yeah, okay, I was going to say. And then there, there has to, to be a huge drop there. Yeah, yeah that's where the drop is. Honestly, happens. I'd put a little bit closer to the 40 to 1. I, I think 28 is way too low. I probably would too, just because Clemson's there. I mean, that's just, I mean, just, yeah. It seems like Louisville's. I mean, I'd put us at 28 to 1 maybe to maybe possibly win just our side. Maybe that's 30 to 1. I mean, if you. I would feel the odds would only be slightly worse to win it all. Because if you can win the Atlantic Division, you're probably going to be the favorite in the ACC title game, regardless of who you're playing in the Coastal. Because Clemson is no, preseason no. number four. Well, if you're Clemson, but if you're Louisville, no. If you're good enough to beat Clemson, like you're going to be, like you would assume that Clemson's going to be a monster this year. Unless you lost to Pitt already early in the year, and then you play play them again in, in the championship. Yeah, game. I mean, I guess that would be it. But I, I would assume the odds aren't going to be that much. Like, like adding that one extra game against a Coastal champion is not going to make you significantly. Like lower. I mean, I don't know what odds. Miami's going to look like, but the, but judging by the last time, a few times we played them, short of our very first ACC home game, uh, I mean, I would think they would probably be favored over us. Texas, listen to the pod. By the way, we put a podcast episode out earlier today. Go check it out, Card Chronicle Podcast. Oh, you did? Yeah. Texas, I listened to the pod a bit ago, and hearing Danny call Clemson quarterback DJ Ukulele was a TK moment if there ever was one. <laughs> it is odd. The, the, the I like that. I, I call him Uga Uga. You do. I like ukulele better. They don't, podcast Trevor, you're on to that one. I'm liking that. Now, the, the rumors out of Clemson camp are that DJ Uyunglele. <laughs> like you almost, he almost did DJ Uga, ukulele. You almost did Uga Uga too. Uyunglele. <laughs> he might not win the job. Who's the backup? They've got this freshman coming in whose name I can't remember. This the guy is it worth, like a, Oh, It's even harder name than his, isn't it? No, 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 not the backup from last year. Okay, as I say, guy they had last year was even, yeah. His name was... Uh, it was tough. Fama... Fama exactly. John? That guy. I, I'm not going to remember it because I don't... I mean, yeah. I think he ended up transferring, didn't he? Oh, I, I can... It's the kid from Texas. Cade... Yeah, he, uh, did. he actually went to Georgia Tech, by the yeah, way. Yeah, I knew, I, I knew he transferred somewhere. Did not know he that. wasn't going to play. Cade uh, Klubnik is the kid that they... He's like a five-star kid coming out of high school. Um, of course he, he is. It's Clemson. It's Clemson. And he was a lead 11... And a lot of people are saying, you know, DJ might get the start in week one. They play Georgia Tech Monday night, first game. But, like, it's kind of a the the, the Trevor Lawrence deal. where Thinking the same with Kelly. You know, is it Kelly Bryant? Kelly Bryant. Although Kelly Bryant was much better than DJ Uyunglele has been so far. He at least, like, he was I'm winning games. like the bar real high there. Well, I mean, I mean, I mean like, they had their worst season in a long time last year. And Uyunglele was the biggest issue. The, the defense was not the problem. The offense was the problem. So, I would not be shocked at all if – if, if, DJ starts, because it's Georgia Tech, they, they feel like they're going to be in pretty good shape regardless of who they start. And if Cade plays late in the game, and then you see kind of that transition start to happen at the end of the first month, unless Uwe Ungulele is just lighting it up, which he never, I mean, he just never clicked for him last year. But this uh, Cade Klubnik is the number one quarterback in the, the 2022 class, number six overall player in the class, according to 24-7 Sports, from Austin, Texas, Westlake High School. He's a beast, apparently. He's got kind of that Clemson hair, too. He has that hair where you're like, oh, he's probably a good football player. It's long. Yeah, it, the swoop, the little the Texas bangs, not the Bama bangs, like the Texas swoop. That's what he's got going on. He's probably going to lose that hair before he gets to 30, but that's okay. For right now, he looks good. But if you want to make just a slight comparisons in the talent level on that 17 Bryant team, might have been overall better as well. They did go 12-2 and and lost in the Sugar Bowl, where last year they went 13-3. and That's what I'm saying. So, and, 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 but they won the cheez Bowl. I mean, again, they weren't, it was, I they, mean, they were just a whatever does team. Does the one year. more loss? Count more when you win a Cheez-It Bowl than losing in the Sugar Bowl? I mean, it is the Cheez-It Bowl. Uh, we have breaking news on the, on the college basketball front. We've been, we've been cleared of all sanctions? I mean, <laughs> somebody's going to – I don't know exactly – I don't know if you saw this last night. The news broke that there were I, – I guess prese- somebody was presenting the possibility for changes to the the whole corrections process. One of those was – getting rid of all postseason bans. And another was getting rid of the IRP, which, I mean, 
It's been just like the biggest disaster of all NCAA disasters, which is saying something. Uh, Ross Dellinger just now tweets, the NCAA board of directors did indeed approve the transfer portal windows and changes the infractions process, which includes the long-expected elimination of the IRP. They did not approve the unlimited transfer concept as expected. So I don't know if that means that they are... Wait, but isn't the IRP what we're waiting on? Yes. They've, they've handled one case in two years, and they're, they're done. They're gone. I guess they're going to handle the, the five they have on their plate. I, you have to assume that this is maybe good news little, for us. I mean, well, maybe. I don't know. I mean, what... I can't figure out exactly, like, like is what happens, the band gone now? What happens if, if the IRP just folds? Good Lord. I mean, the XFL lasted longer. I mean, if, if it just folds, I mean, does it go back to the NCAA? Because I'm, I'm sorry. I'm assuming track, they're still going to exist. Our track record dealing with, with, with those goobers has not been really the, 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 the all sunshine. I mean, you're not wrong. I, I'm My assumption, and this is a, a, an assumption, is that the IRP will continue to exist until it finishes up the cases on its plate. Because remember, it was like a year ago where they announced the IRP, like, we're, we're not taking any new cases. We're over flooded with, with things because we have six whole cases on this. What were you expecting? And they've gotten through one, which was NC State. I, I like. I, I assume the that they're DMB. they're going to just like dump these last five cases in like the next couple of months and then just be done with it, which would lead <laughs> you to believe that they're like, like going to be more lenient because if it's if there's something that doesn't even exist. But on the flip side, there's no appeal process, so if they wanted to just be like, hey, you guys get five year postseason ban, like, nobody can do anything about it. I've got no idea how to feel about this. I feel like they're just going to act like a judge at traffic court. They're like, oh, you know what, fifty dollar fine, you're on your way. Like just just give up. I mean. They've clearly just thrown in the towel anyway because they can't handle what they've been doing. It's, but this does worry me because I don't, I don't almost, I don't want to probably want to do it in NCAA again. Nobody does. Nobody does. I mean, North Carolina and Miami have no problem with it because you know they they own the NCAA. That's been evident. The transfer portal window, I think, is a good thing. Like having like a not a free for all, having a specific time where you can deal with transfers and. Uh, I guess a set deadline for them to decide where they want to go and if they want to leave. I think that's a good deal. Um, the unloaded transfer concept, I thought it would pass initially. I'm surprised. Yeah, we knew this was for like a month that it wasn't going to pass. But um, like, would you say the unlimited one? Yeah, like there was going to be like an unlimited, like they, they can do whatever they like. Total free for all. Like it's going to remain a thing, which the way it is kind of now. The NCAA just doesn't want to. The NCAA doesn't want to do anything at this point. They're like, you know, yeah, is it in simply not let somebody instantly play in the last two years. Again, Tyler Sharp, like the only guy. That's it. What are, what are, what are you, they didn't give him an extra year at NKU. Oh, okay. He's the only guy that they kind of screwed. Yeah, but everybody else has been just been like, oh, I want to transfer. Rubber action. stamp. Yeah, everybody's good. Yeah, everybody's getting it. Yeah. Everybody's good to go. Um, I don't know how to feel about this. Somebody's going to have to give me more information there. The other thing that I want to talk about today, I was going to try to play some audio, but God knows we can't. Trevor, you want to cut some audio? Do I, do I want to cut what? Yeah, I know. That's not going to happen. Uh, but Did you send me audio? No. Gary oh. Parrish and Matt Norlander, they do the CBS Ion College Basketball Podcast, and they've been doing this thing in the preseason where it's like we have, I think, 10 weeks to go until college basketball starts. Was there, This started a few weeks ago. 10 weeks till college basketball. We're going to do two pods a week, previewing a total of 20 teams. And today we saw that Louisville was the team that they were focusing on. And a lot of Louisville okay. fans a lot of Louisville fans were like, hell yeah, top 20. Like, like That's what we're talking about. And they're not doing it based on their top 20 rankings. They're just doing it on 20 teams of, of interest, like the biggest names in the sport, teams that are going to have a huge uh, factor. And you realize this pretty quickly. I'll take just being a top 20 team of interest at this point. Well, it was not interest for, for good reasons. Oh, no. If you okay. listen to the podcast and you had high expectations and you were like, oh, this is a good thing, they pretty quickly like <laughs> let you know exactly what they were thinking. Well, of. they're interested in this because they think we're going to be an utter train wreck? Well, because it's Kenny Payne's first year, and it's, oh, yeah. you know, Louisville's still a big-name brand. We've had a rough go of it, and the question now is whether or not this is going to be a, a transition to you know, back to prominence or if we're going to enter this period where people are like, oh, are they kind of Maryland or are they kind of Indiana? They just can't get it right. Um, sorry to Indiana fans, but... Yeah, Maryland you know fans, I'm right. on the other hand, can suck it. Maryland fans can suck it. Our huge Maryland base is just furious. I right mean, now. it depends. I mean, if you if you think it's going to be, you know, like a, it's going to be just a, you know, snap of the fingers and we're back to 1986, then, yeah, you're probably going to be disappointed. Well, I'll tell you what they said. So they, like, I mean, they didn't mince words. Like, they, I, I, I told you this was going to happen. I said, if you're a Louisville fan... This is about a month ago. I said, if you're a Louisville fan with thin skin, you don't like reading negative things about your team, just don't read previews when the college basketball season gets closer because you're going to hear this a lot between Probably. now and when the, when the season tips off in November. Like, they 
you know, Norlander's like, let's look at the roster, and Gary Parish is like, it sucks. Like, like that's <laughs> that was their response. That was their whole like like an analysis of the roster. Yeah, that sounds like an in-depth Gary analysis right there. I mean, he looked at you know they're basically like they added one player of note in Brandon Holly Hatfield, which I disagree with because I think Kamar Lance is going to have a big season. But they were they basically said a lot of what we've heard on this show from from people, and we've kind of said ourselves. You know, you brought back six players. It was the six players that for the most part, the fan base wanted. Dre Davis was kind of a, you know, he was in that mix a little bit, but you brought back six players from one of the worst teams of all time. Like, like that's, is, is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? It's like the old coach cliche when you're like, you know, we have a terrible defense one year. Like the good news is we brought back 10 starters. The bad news is we, we brought back 10 starters. Yeah, you we, know, nine of them suck. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You, you just, you never know for sure. Norlander said he expects Louisville to kind of hover around 500. He mentioned that Bartorvik, one of the ranking systems out there, has Louisville as like the 98th best team in the country right now and the 14th best team in the ACC. I think he predicted us to go 16 and 15 if they if we play 31 games. And Gary Parrish predicted us to go 14 and 17. My question for you, because certainly that's not up to Louisville standards. That's, that's a, a no-brainer statement. What do you think the fan reaction is if this does, in fact, wind up being the season where it's like eh, they're a little bit better than last year, but the overall record is right there where they're never really flirting with the NCAA tournament. They're just hovering around 500 the entire year. Do you think fans will accept that and be patient, or does it all depend on what he's doing on the recruiting trail at the same time while this is happening? Well, first of all, if, if that is the case and that is where we finish, I'm curious what, what, what Gary and uh, Norlander feel you know, he's going to finish. Uh, that, that didn't come up on the pod. That, that I'm curious about that a little bit, um, but sort of that and my own personal selfish needs. Um, I, I don't think it's it's strictly black and white with that. I think there, you will have some in the fan base that are that you know want to identify as you know big hardcore fans, but are probably more casual fans that'll that'll be upset with it because they'll look at it from afar and see that just the record, sure, and, and that that's inevitable. But I think. For for you know a majority of the fan base that is and Louisville is a very smart fan base, it can be, um, that we'll look at it. It's it been it's not just on the surface. Like if you're 16 and 15, you know what what wins are involved in there? Is there maybe an upset of Kentucky involved in that 16 and 15 run? You know with some with some hiccups. Is there has there been flashes of promise but just not maybe able to you know finish it off and end in a few games? You know, I, I think it's, it's not, it, there is a lot of gray in there and it shouldn't just be black and white in that situation. For sure. But I mean, cause like last year, I mean, last year was, is a bad season. It was, it just like, there was nothing good. I mean, I sort of maybe, you know, the, the, the small glimpse of hopes that you had with Curry and, and Ellis, but outside that there was nothing. I mean, wasn't it going all, oh, we went, you know, with 13 games, but we had promising runs. I mean, granted we gave Duke all he wanted yada, 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 but you know, he didn't finish. I mean, but there wasn't really barely anything positive to even to hang on that. 16-15, the positives will be few and far between maybe, but I think there could be there. And plus, like you said, also, you sprinkle in a little recruiting for 23 yeah, exactly. as well. I think I think you'll have some negatives. It might not be for me, depending on how. I'm more curious of how you get to the journey than, than the destination of 16-15. And I hope that the, the, the bulk of the fan base sort of takes the same approach. Because this reminds me, it's not completely analogous, but... It reminds me a little bit of Rick Pitino's first year, where the team like had bottomed out the year before in, in Denny Crum's final season. They'd only won, I think, 12 games that year. That's correct. And you knew that the roster that, that Pitino was inheriting, and the big difference is he had an All-American in Reese Gaines, but the big, you knew that the roster wasn't— You didn't know he was going to be that good. I mean, you you knew, didn't. You knew he was good. You knew he was solid, yeah. You knew yeah. he had potential and yada yada. And maybe we end up saying the same thing about, like, I mean— I. I don't think anybody on the current roster has shown what Reese had shown to that point. Think, yeah, but I mean, maybe, maybe we maybe we say like you know he had Sidney Curry and we should have known he was going to be an All American. I don't know. Ellis, I don't know. But, but yeah. Rick inherited a roster that you looked at and you're like, it's not going to be like this forever, right? It's going to get better when he's able to recruit. It's going to get better when we start winning games again. And you, you didn't know if that team was going to be NCAA tournament good. They weren't. They came close. They, they flirted with the NCAA tournament at the end of the season. They won some big games, uh, and they ended up playing in the NIT. And fans, by and large, were okay with it because the style of play was so dramatically different in a good way. We got up and down. We forced a bunch of turnovers. We played hard. And you could just tell, like, this guy knows what he's doing. Like, that was the—it wasn't because he'd won at UK. Like, you could just tell the system worked. The team was, was all in. You saw— extreme changes from guys like Ellis Miles and also Patino was not putting up with any bleep like, like he kicked Bender and hurt off the team in the middle of the year and you kind of got that mentality you know that that set in stone type deal where it's it's going to be my way or you're going to be gone and 
I, saw, I think, you saw improvements in guys like Ellis. Exactly, that's what I just said. Yeah, yeah. He, he, you well. know, he showcased the fact that he could coach guys up, which is what you want to see from, from Kenny Payne this year. And even though we only made the NIT, you had high hopes for next season, and that next season we ended up being a four seed in the NCAA tournament. We won just the USA tournament. Like I think that if Kenny Payne, if the results and the way the team plays kind of leave us with those same types of feelings and – He's landed a couple of high-profile guys in this 2023 class. The fan base is going to be willing. We've been patient for like eight years now. The fan base is going to be willing to be patient for one more season. It's not It's not ideal. It's not what we had all hoped when Payne was hired back in, in late March, early April, whenever that was. But I think we can live with it so long as those things are happening, right? Yeah. Yeah. I let's hope. Not, let's not forget the big win over Cincinnati, too, at, at the end of that season. That's, yeah, that, that was what got us back in the, the tournament discussion. That was a quick, The best part about that game was me and my buddy – my buddy was like, let's go to the game. I'm like, okay. I thought he had tickets. And so we get down there, and he's like, all right, so see if you've seen scalpers. I'm like, you don't have a ticket? He's like, no, I figured we get tickets down there. I'm like, it's like, since he's like number two or three, four, in the, whatever they, I mean, you know, they are. I mean, it's a big, obviously a rivalry game. I don't know. The, the, the stars were shining on us because we get there like five minutes before tip off. We get tickets. I think we paid like 60 bucks each for these tickets, which isn't. A little more back, you know, 20 years ago, but sure. still not bad. I mean, we were like third row center court. Like, it's the best tickets I've ever had at Freedom Hall. Wow. I mean, short of even though I do like more prefer being on first row, second second level myself. But uh, I was like, and perfect. And, of course, we won the game, obviously. It was glorious. It was glorious. Uh, glorious. Texas says, 502-414-1450. Texas says, if the cards go... Uh, 0-3 in Maui, then a large percentage of the fan base will check out. I don't think that's true. No, large checkout's too strong. We'll, they, we'll be disappointed. They'll complain, and they'll whine, and they'll say, I'm done, we're, we suck. But then they'll be as quickly back on the bandwagon if we win, like, four in a row and start correcting it. And let's be honest, it's, it's a possibility. Like, yeah. you're playing maybe the best team in the tournament in round one. You're playing a, uh, a team that's going to be preseason top 25 in round two, whether you win or lose. And then even if the tournament goes to, like, According to the unofficial seating, you're playing Cincinnati, probably in the, the seventh place game, who's, according to most metrics, supposed to be better than you. So, if they, I think winning at least one game would would be a good thing for Kenny Payne. That goes without saying. Winning two would be fantastic. But if they go zero and three, I think it'll be more of a reality check than people like flipping it. There'll, there'll be some of that. It's Louisville. It's you know we we are obsessed with basketball. Some people will flip out. But as long as he avoids like the season opening loss to Bellman, Kenny. Kenny, <laughs> we're gonna need you to beat Bellerman in Game One. Uh, as long as he avoids that, and then like another, you know, kind of Furman esque loss, and, and he we play some teams on the schedule this year that kind of have that same. You know, App State is a dangerous team. I'm telling you right now, if we can avoid Bellerman that, Bellerman can be a dangerous. Team. Bellerman could be, could be a dangerous team. They lost a lot from from they last did. year. Um, it's not a game that you should lose. I love Scotty D. I love Doug, but that's we have too much size for them. We it's, should yeah. should win the game. Um, but it, I think as long as he avoids that, the fan base will be not okay with, but the fan base can tolerate losing to the types of teams we're going to play in Maui. They could even tolerate losing the ACC Big Ten game against, like, Maryland. They're not going to tolerate losing to Western two years in a row as well. Like, that's, even that's though Western's be probably tough, better than Maryland, yeah. uh, that would be a tough one. But, you know, just, again, show us what the team plays, show us with the style, show us that we should have faith in, in this program moving forward. Texas, if you want to boost downloads of your radio show, have Trevor compile a montage of you saying, Scott, just beat Syracuse on air for the past six months and just upload it on the podcast feed. That's way too much work for Trevor. 20 minutes straight of you just saying, Scott. 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 I stand by it. I forget, though. Tino's first year, we started out 10-2. and two. Yeah, we beat, it went over Tennessee. Yeah, we, Tennessee we got in the top went, 25 for a brief the, period. The two losses were blowouts. Who who killed us? Well, Kentucky was one. Kentucky was one. That was bad. The other let me, one. Let me think. Let me let me try to think for a second. Back dunk. Alabama. Back dunking all over us. Oregon. Yeah. Fred Jones. Okay. Yeah. That was bad. That's all I remember. That was him bad. doing that back dunk. Just I'm just dunking all over. Because that was the reality check moment that Maui might. Be. Like we were like that was know? that was game two. Of the yeah, season. We, we were like you know because we beat South Alabama in the, in the first Crushed game. Rushed them by seventy. And I think we forced like forty turnovers. It yeah. Was, whatever it was was a school record. And we were playing so fast, and I'm like, you know what? Like, this team might actually yeah. be really good. And then we two are like, okay, a little bit different caliber of competition. And that uh, definitely changed. I things. believe that was the Oregon team that did go, like, to Elite Eight or something. Yeah, it did. It went to Elite Eight. I remember that Joey Harrington in the student section that year. for them. That makes sense. Yeah. 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 
Texas says a good comparison for Louisville basketball this year was Stoops' first year at Kentucky. Same record, but you saw some fight in the players and some organizations, so you just need signs that you're going in the right direction. I actually, even though it's a Kentucky comparison, I, I think I kind of agree with that. Yeah, it's, it's hard to compare sports, but yeah, it, it makes sense a little bit. Texas says, I'd rather deal with the NCA than the IRP. You can actually take them to court as opposed to the IRP. Well, yeah, it's done us a lot of good. I mean, the thing is, we can't, we just can't, like, fold. We've got to do like North Carolina and Miami did, like, where the NCAA is going to come to us and be like, you know, just be the the the, the punk kid. Like, the NCAA is going to come and say, you know, all right, Louisville, we caught you, you're busted, we're going to give you a two-year probation. And we look at him and go, no, we're not. Well, that's why we're paying Obama's lawyer, like, you know, $6 million yeah. per, per minute. You're to- not you're not going to give a squat. You know, you're not our dad. You know, you're going to go go in there and double-check that. Because if you try to give us two years probation, not only are we going to play in the tournament if we, we qualify, no, we're, yeah. we're, we're, we're going to sue you. We're so, going to wear 2013 national title jerseys yeah. in the tournament. So just, just go, it. go back and change your mind. Texas says, you all disgrace your Celtic heritage with your milk slander. Your ancestors sat in the highlands drinking milk straight from the sources, grossing out their Roman counterparts. Celtic, we are both Irish, aren't we? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I told Is you I milk like milk. Is milk an Irish thing? Scottish. And Irish, sure. They're basically the same. I thought, no. Rutherford's from Scotland. Wait a minute. I thought, Scotland, I thought Ireland and Scotland were, like, not, like, friends. They, they I mean, it's a long story. But, like, Mexico but they're very, Puerto Rico type of But they're very close. Like, you can see Scotland well, from Ireland. Yeah, but it doesn't mean they're friends. No, but, like, you can see how, like, their cultures have bled over into one another. You can see North Korea Literally and South Korea. They don't get along. But, again, <laughs> my point is, like, if you're dating back, like, thousands and thousands of years, you're going to have some bleed over when it comes to their cultures. Like mm-hmm. it'd be like there's some bleed over between Kentucky and Indiana cultures. Like if this happened in Louisville, it's USA. probably <laughs> going to happen in like Southern Indiana at some point. Like our ancestors were probably very similar. <laughs> Texas says, okay guys, short show. So let's get the distractions out of the way. AEW pole vaulting, eighties music, weed. All right, let's talk Syracuse. We did none of that. None of that. Oh, it's going to be a big AEW show. And now too. we've done one of them. <laughs> yeah. That could have added to the podcast could have been 45 minutes long with me. It's a go home show tonight. There you go. Texas, with your healthy lifestyle, Trevor, it's shocking that you ever get sick. I only get like, I mean, you know, I know you're thinking I'm, I'm being sarcastic, but I literally just get sick like once, maybe sometimes twice a year. I'd sign up for that. Is that a lot, though? No. Is that, no? I mean, normally. I think most normal- people will get like one or two, like, yeah. Well, they're like sort of out of commission for two or three days. And sometimes it'll be like the beginning of the year and then at the end of the year, like we're at now. I was I, thankfully I, I haven't been hit hard because usually when I do get it, I'm like in, I'm like in bed for like three days. See now I've got with with the, the kids are what changes everything. Well, yeah, you know, she starts going to school. Like I was like, oh my god, I can't believe how healthy I've been these last few. Of course, this was like pre-COVID, um, and then Virginia started going to school, and just every week I'm like, I've got someone else. Like this is why do we have kids? Why are we letting them go out in public? We just keep them in the house for 18 years and then let them go to college. Put them in a bubble. Yeah, that's bubble girl. Worked for John Travolta. Texas has attendance predictions for, oh, there's the KRC text. And how much, how much of the crowd do you think will be Miami fans? 98% will be Miami <laughs> of Ohio fans. That's the answer. Attendance will They're be taking over. Attendance will be 16,465, 15,900 of which will be Red Hawk fans. Not to mention they're taking over. They're bringing in their own booze just to rub it in your face. Texas says, get on the train or get out of the way. Texas, Paris, and Norlander, famous for deep diving on about five teams and not really studying up on the rest of us. <laughs> Texas says, no, Trevor, Ireland is best friends with England. It's not, not true. Northern, no, I knew that Northern was, Ireland is. I knew Ireland didn't get along with England. I was surprised, and anybody who's been to Ireland, tell me if you had the same experience. Was it, it was British that, that, that they broke free from in 1916, right? Well, Ireland did. Northern Ireland is still a part of the UK. Like, they're still... Okay, so Ireland, the, the war of 19... That, when they, that was from Great Britain, right? Well, yeah, the Irish and Northern Ireland have been fighting, I mean, really up to like the 90s. Yeah. But nowadays, like, I was shocked when you're driving from, because we drove from Ireland, like the southern tip, to all the way up to Northern Ireland, which is like Killarney. And I think that's right. And I'm not questioning you. When you cross over into Northern Ireland, which is technically a different country, it's part of a different, like, there's no, like, border. You don't have to show a passport. You don't, like, we were just driving for a long period of time. And at a certain point, there was in graffiti on, like, a, the side of a hill, like, Welcome to Northern Ireland, and somebody had crossed out the northern part of it, and it just said Ireland. And I was like, "Are we in Northern Ireland now?" And check the GPS, and we were. And they use different currency, like I, I, you know, it's it's a whole different thing. But there's no like like border there. It was it's just was surprising. To me. How big is Ireland opposed to compared to a state? It's Indiana. So that's not very yeah. That's yeah. 
which is I asked that same question because we drove we drove like from the bottom I'm, of Ireland I'm, I'm to like the very yeah. top of Northern Ireland, and it's like a six hour drive, and they were shocked that we were doing. They're like, "Oh my god, like what are you doing? Like break that up." And I'm like, "It's like a trip to Chicago six from here. Hours. Yeah, yeah, it is nothing. Like, what are you doing?" <laughs> uh, Texas says August is the end of the year? Question mark. Well, in, in Trevor's world, Texas says TK gets two cokes a year. They both last six months. Colds a year. They both last six months. Well, August is it's we're, we're technically almost September. That's month nine. Texas says, oh, oh, thank God you made it on the radio. I assumed you died, Mike. My dad too. My dad texted me. He's like, I hope you're on the off the radio for technical reasons and not because you feel bad. I'm like, well, I feel terrible and we're we have technical issues, so that's a double whammy. There you go. <laughs> it's the perfect way to end today's show. So you, you were so. I love how I was just trying to be like small talk while we were trying to get things figured out. You're like, I'm running out of things to say. I'm like, you don't have to talk. <laughs> have to talk. I'm trying to sleep over I was, here. In my I was chair. like, I spy. I was just naming just random stuff. You're uncomfortable with silence. <laughs> You're over Both there. on air and off Just air. give me this look like, shut up. <laughs> I'd love to go home and just sleep. But I loved when you made yourself around. comfortable in the chair over there. I, comfortable is the wrong word. I tried to like make a little bed. It was <laughs> awful. You did. It was the least there. comfortable thing I've ever experienced in my life. All right, we got to get out of here. We got Jody Demling and the Cardinal Insider up next. Louisville Bats taking on the Indianapolis Indians. Coverage starts at 6.05. First pitch at 6.35. Uh, go Bats. Go Cards. Suck at Syracuse. Michael Jones sucks. Everybody have a fantastic Wednesday. We'll see you guys hopefully tomorrow at 3 o'clock. Feel the thunder. Lightning and the thunder. Thunder. Feel the thunder. Lightning.